Good morning, good morning. It's Eshen, Brenda Shoshana, <coughs> excuse me, back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for your everyday life. And here we are, actually, for your life, every day is extra. <laughs> Zen Wisdom is extra, just life, which doesn't come in days or packets. We, we, we kind of make it days, packets, years, months, centuries, but it just comes as it comes, breath by breath, for your breath by breath life. For, for, it comes in moments. It comes, it just comes, and then it leaves. It changes. I don't think it leaves. I don't like the word leaves. Because to our consciousness, it seems, I want to hold it. I don't want it to go. I don't want it to go. But it just comes, and then it comes again, and it comes again, and it comes again, and in different forms. Everything keeps returning. It really doesn't go anywhere. I just see that so clearly. Nothing can go anywhere. It's one huge circle. It's called, I think, Ensu in Zen world. Many calligraphies are such a beautiful thing. One big circle. And we and you know what? When Zen masters make that calligraphy, I once saw Fukushima Roshi just doing calligraphies. I was so moved. But he, he rolled out the paper on the floor. He leaned down, or he bent down with it. And it's just one stroke. <laughs> Big circle. Boom, there it is. Didn't go over it. Didn't fix it. Didn't change it. Nope. His moment was there on the, on the calligraphy. And it had to be done in one stroke. <clears throat> now that's extremely, excuse my coughing, I'm sorry. That's an extremely fascinating fact. That's the way to live, one stroke, not going back over it, not changing it, not saying, oh, this one wasn't as nice as the one I made last week. No, because each one is different, and each one is perfect, as it is, just the way it comes out, that's it for that moment. And there it is. So, you know what, all, the, the, actually the title, the title that I thought of for today, for this podcast was The Undivided Heart. And the reason I thought of that title and how it relates to the big circle, that's interesting. I thought of that title because we're so divided now in the country, politics, our minds, our, our dreams. We think it one minute, but then there's an objection the next. Well, is it right? Is it true? Is it this? Is it that? On and on. There's always a, a question. It, that's also called the world of duality. That that's a, the world of conflict, or the world of opposition, or the world of differences. I mean, differences do not have to bring conflict or opposition. That's for sure. They do not. But somehow they do. We pick one side. I like this. I don't like that. This one's right. That one's wrong. It's as if it's hard for us just to live with the fact that there are differences. They come in the moment. This comes, that comes, the next thing comes. And if we look for differences, we will find differences. If we look for one round circle, if we look for oneness, if we look for wholeness, the circle is whole, we will find wholeness, completion in each moment, in each person, just as they present themselves to us in that moment. Minus 
our demands of them, our expectations of them, our judgments of them. Of course, I say this over and over and over, but Zen is simply repetition. There's nothing fancy about Zen practice, which is why I love it. Nothing fancy. You don't have to dress up. It's not contrived. It's not well thought out. In fact, there's no, nothing to think about. It's so beautiful for that reason. It's, it's uncontrived. It's just this moment as it comes. Just this ensu, just this circle, just this person in their wholeness. Undivided. Undivided. We, 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 we receive it in an undivided manner. We just take it. We just experience it. We, and, you know, deep down in our hearts when we do that, what bubbles up is that we begin to say thank you for it because we begin to actually experience the enormous, and I mean enormous, beauty mm, and deliciousness and wholeness and sweetness of everything that comes. <laughs> of course, it's not possible it's really not possible to experience the sweetness of it when we have a divided heart, divided mind. <clears throat> when we're standing in one camp as opposed to the other. <clears throat> and begin, but in a way like we're growling then at the other camp. When, when we're comparing, constantly comparing this moment to the next, or trying to correct it, very, very, very impossible to taste the sweetness of something just as it is, independent of your longings, independent of your prayers, independent of your demands. There it is, just as it is. You know, the other, you know, I'm still here in the woods. Actually, I'm going home. I guess it's funny how I would say home, but I'm moving back to, to the city on Sunday. And moving into my new apartment this coming Monday. So that's quite interesting. I've been out here for maybe five full months, just in the woods, 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 hardly seeing anyone at all. But I have really seen these trees. Of course, and my family has been with me. You know, to some, my, my son's living here, and then down the road, my daughter. And we've been kind of careful, quarantining, quarantining, meeting outdoors, and so forth. <sighs> So going back right smack into New York City, to Manhattan. And it's funny, I just called it home. Of course, Soren Roshi always said and meant, wherever I go is my home in eternity. His, for him, the whole world was undivided. It was his home. Everywhere was home for Soen Roshi. Everywhere. His life was one ensu, one big circle. Now, the talk undivided, is this, is Manhattan home and this is not home? No, not at all. When I'm here with these beautiful trees, I'm home. And even without the beautiful trees, the truth is, where is our true home? To find an undivided life, as someone said, the whole world does need to become our home. It becomes our home. We, or let's better put, we become at home in the world. We become at home wherever we are. And, and even deeper, we become at home with ourselves. That's so beautiful. 
at home with ourselves. You know, usually we make everything about these external conditions. Are they favorable? Are they unfavorable? Will this happen? Will that happen? But to be undivided, we can't look at a divided, we can't look at the world through divided eyes and heart, accepting one part and rejecting the next. Constantly, really at war with whatever comes to us, or feeling that we are in charge of it and it's up to us to make it all right. No, no, no. We need to become at home with ourselves, at home in our life, in ourselves. That's very, very different. Then we do become undivided when we're at home within our, ourselves, our life. We can rest. You know, when you're at home, you can rest in a different way usually, than when you feel you're not at home. You can just, you're not putting on any particular performance for anyone. You're not looking particularly for anything. You're home. I mean, let's say if you're living at home. Maybe if if you're living with others, that might be different. You might be putting on a performance, trying to keep up an image, trying to impress them or give them what they want rather than just be true to yourself in that moment. Being at home, being undivided, being true to yourself, which just means being who you are. It doesn't mean being cold or self-absorbed or neglecting another person. Not at all. Just the opposite happens when you're truly undivided. Whatever comes is really cherished. So the undivided mind is also the mind that cherishes life, your life and the life of others, which is really only one life. It's the same life, that same one circle. And we cherish it. You can even be at home in a relationship then. Ah, two of you looking at each other and through the eyes of I call it through the eyes of love, but you could call it through the eyes of oneness of that one circle, the eyes of the moment. That's all the same thing as love. No separation, just looking at each other with the sense of, ah, that oneness, the same breath, breathing the same breath, the heart beating, and just feeling that one heart beating together. That is love, that, that experience of oneness harmony. You could also call it harmlessness. It's a great teaching in many of the Eastern teachings of being harmless. I love that word. I love that word. Do no harm. Um, all, of the, all of the spiritual practices and religious teachings say do no harm. Fundamentally, that's the teaching. That's the teaching of love. Do no harm. It's a very profound teaching, and it's, it's, it's a koan from a Zen point of view. It's something really to live with all the time. Actually, when we feel that oneness, we cannot do harm. We cannot, because it's ourselves, it's part of ourselves. It's just one, there's nothing to harm. There's no reason to reject, hate, judge, ostracize, oppose, fight with anything. Why would we? Why would we?
there's a beautiful saying that if man could see and woman who they really were and that they all were going to die, could they be anything but kind to everyone? Now what that means is if we could see who we really are truly, that our transient nature on one hand, that we're passing through, we're being given this huge experience of life, this huge feast of life, this huge gift, this huge teaching, each of us in our own way. We're here to take that in, to grow, to learn, to share, to love. Why would we want to harm? Why? Why? Only through an un, only that only comes when our hearts are divided, our minds are divided. So the practice of Zen actually, we simply return over and over and over and over again to the moment, to the basic fact, as Ada Roshi used to say, the fact. And I, I, I really never understood what, what he meant when he said that, the fact. Return to the moment, to, the, to what is unadorned, unadorned. I love that, unadorned, meaning don't make up things. Something comes in your world. Why do we make up a whole story about it? We make up something, oh, that person hates me. Oh, this is happening because of that. We, we start, the mind starts bubbling up with images, ideas, interpretations. It's, an, it's some kind of an effort that we have to grab something and own it and control it and, and tell a story about it rather than just let it be unadorned. There it is. And be with it that way. That's a very beautiful koan as well. To be with the raw, simple truth of life. That, in a sense, is another way of saying the word dharma, the, the dharma, the essence of life, the simplicity of life, the fact, <laughs> the simple facts of life. It's another way of pointing to what is here now, and it's the same way as when Fukushima Roshi made that big answer when he did his calligraphy with one big stroke, boom, and there it was. Somehow when we can return to that, to the fact, to the moment, to the truth, we become at home. It doesn't matter where we go or what we happen to see in the external world. We're at home within ourselves. We're at home with, with, within whatever comes to us. It just comes. It comes. You know, we like to sugarcoat everything. Oh, this came because I was a good person. I deserved it. Oh, my karma's really up now, and that's why this happened. That, and somehow that we think those kinds of interpretations and ideas are going to comfort us, but they really ultimately never do. We have to reach for a new interpretation. We have to repeat it again. It's not ultimately comforting, temporarily maybe. Oh, this is why it happened. Now I feel better. I understand. But then when something else happens, hmm, we go back. What did that happen for? Why did this happen for? Why did that happen? Well, just be with it 100% the way that one big stroke of a circle and you will not be torn into wondering, thinking, figuring it out. 
making up explanations. You'll be undivided. It will be all good. There's a beautiful biblical teaching which says, taste and see that life is good. Wow. What an amazing, amazing statement. Speak about a koan. That is what our practice does. We taste and see that life is good. And that statement is spoken from an undivided mind and undivided heart. So I see it's almost time to leave for today. I thank you very, very, very much for your wonderful emails. I'm really enjoying our talks and correspondence. Thank you. To the listeners from apparently all over the world listening in, one world, so this, if nothing, this virtual reality shows us how we're only a dewdrop away from each other. It's lovely to be in touch with everyone. It's lovely to know you're out there listening. And here we are in the oneness, one mouth listen, one mouth talks, somebody listens, they talk back, then I listen. We all, we're all sharing this wonderful function of life. So again, the podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And I thank you for listening and for being so open to tasting and seeing that life is good. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.